Today I'd like to welcome to the PodMD studio Dr. Liam Ring. Dr. Liam Ring is an Australian trained specialist pain medicine physician. He has a special interest in multidisciplinary and interventional pain medicine. Today we'll be discussing the topic of low back pain. We do hope you enjoy this podcast, but please remember that the advice here is of a general nature and is not intended as specific advice about a given patient. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the doctor, not PodMD. If you do have a patient on whom you require specific advice, then please seek advice from a colleague with appropriate expertise in that area. Liam, thanks for talking with us on PodMD today. Uh, Thanks for having me. The topic of today's discussion is low back pain. Can you describe for our listeners what low back pain is? Well, I guess most practitioners would be quite familiar with low back pain. I guess the better way I would describe it is lumbar spinal pain. I mean, basically it's pain of a persistent nature anywhere in the lumbar spine or felt by the patient coming from the lumbar spine going into any part of their lower body, but also in some instances, I guess, can also refer up their spine. So how would a patient with acute low back pain typically present? Well, I guess they'd generally be describing pain that's been disabling them or irritating them in some way for a protracted period of time. Generally, it's associated with a lot of frustration and distress. And what are the risks of the condition? I mean, the primary risk for any practitioner is to make sure that we rule out reg flag pathology. It's important to note that the incidence of that is very, very low. You know, we're talking less than or approximately 1%. And it's important any person with a new presentation of lumbar spinal pain, we need to rule those things out. The main causes or red pathology that we need to be ruling out is cancer, fractures, neural compression, or some type of inflammatory disorder. And there's certain historical features that should tweak our interests. So if someone has a history of malignancy and presents with new back pain, that's certainly something we'd have a low threshold for. Well, if, if someone has a risk for any of these conditions, we certainly need to have a low index of suspicion for investigating them. So the significant historical feature for patients with a risk of cancer is those that have a pre-existing history of malignancy. For fracture, it relates to a mechanism of injury. So it has to be a high impact type injury if they have contusions or abrasions associated with an injury. If it's a high-speed motor vehicle accident or a fall from a height particularly greater than about one metre. If they're an elderly person or if there's someone at risk of osteoporosis, namely those on uh, long-term steroids. For neurological compression, most people are aware of corticoquina syndrome, so altered power and altered sensation in the lower limbs associated with urinary retention, faecal incontinence and reduced anal tone. But any focal neuropathy, so weakness or reduced sensation in a, in a dermatomal or myotomal distribution is important and then for the inflammatory disorder group it's usually something that's insidious it's usually in the young population less than 40 years of age and the cardinal features are stiffness in the morning that is quite severe that then progressively improves over the course of the day associated with lots of other constitutional symptoms like malaise fatigue uh, things like that and can you tell us what are the management options from my perspective management encompasses first of all assessing whether or not It is a spinal and referred pain, radicular pain or red flag pain associated with red flag conditions. Red flag conditions, well, you know, there's good surgical treatments, disease modifying agents or medications for, sorry, antibiotics or, you know, surgery to decompress spines. So you really need to get them to the relevant specialists and they can be cured. For radicular pain, spinal pain and referred pain, 
treatments could be better or management options could be better sort of encompassed in, under the umbrella of, you know, first of all, education and setting realistic expectations uh, and reassurance broadly. Then it would be physical strategies, psychological strategies, of which there's a hell of a lot of overlap, and then interventional options, medications kind of being last. Education, I think, is key, and reassurance is key for a lot of people with low back pain. All of the guidelines would suggest, well, reinforce the importance of that for anyone presenting with any new, like acute or subacute low back pain. But whilst the evidence is out there, I think the delivery is not really being done in the community. And that's because it just takes time. And there's not time in emergency departments, there's not time in GP practices. But if the time is taken uh, to listen to the patient and then to educate them about back pain, reassure them that in the case of acute low back pain, the vast majority improve with time. So that should be reassuring to a lot of people. Most people though, you know, want some concrete strategies to help improve their function. So giving them guidance on graded activity, giving them guidance on slowly returning to normal is the broad advice that's recommended, but oftentimes that's best reinforced by referring them to a physical therapist, like a physiotherapist, like an exercise physiologist, who ideally has a little bit more time to reinforce what you've already started and to then give them concrete examples on how to exercise and gradually return to normal and progress through that with you know frequent reassessments. What's important from my perspective is that you're picking professionals or like physical therapists that are actually well educated in pain that can uh, not just give a patient guidance on exercise but also give them some education around pain. Psychotherapy is a tricky one to introduce early uh, with patients with lumbar spinal pain but if someone does have a pre-existing psychological condition which in and of itself has been quite disabling acute episodes of pain will naturally disrupt them and trying to encourage them to link up with pre-existing providers uh, would be helpful or if they've never linked up with someone before trying to identify a provider psychological provider who has some understanding of pain would be helpful with regards to uh, medications the overarching uh, emphasis should be on trying to identify the simplest combination of agents whether they be simple analgesics or possibly even opioids but the aim is to try and temporarily reduce symptoms to enable an upgrade of activity with an agreed plan to wean them off over a short term so it's very it's key to communicate and come to an agreement with a patient about uh, medications only being something in the short term and not something that we rely on in the long term finally with interventions for acute lumbar spinal pain and referred pain or even persistent uh, lumbar spinal pain and referred pain interventions focused on uh, the facet joints could potentially be helpful sacroiliac joints potentially as well so what i'm talking about there is uh, denervation of the facet joints or uh, sacroiliac joints in my hands and in my experience this is best introduced in a setting where a person has already been reassured and educated and guided by a multidisciplinary team are there any instances where surgical intervention is appropriate so in the event of radicular pain or radiculopathy, if a patient's got quite overt radiculopathy or severe intractable radicular pain, that would be at the time to consider referring them to a surgeon. And decompression or targeted microdiscectomy can, can be quite efficacious in that population. 
Prior to that, though, in terms of if someone does have severe radicular pain, despite engagement with a multidisciplinary team and appropriate education, reassurance and guidance, etc., epidural steroid injection can be helpful in that population. So where I was just talking earlier about um, with regards to referred pain and spinal pain and referred pain, if they're optimised from a multidisciplinary perspective but struggling despite their symptoms, introducing interventions there. Similarly, in a group of patients where they have severe radicular pain, despite education reassurance, they're still struggling with their symptoms, that's the time to introduce an epidural steroid injection. And if that does not help, then early referral to a spinal surgeon or a neurosurgeon would be appropriate. Have there been any developments in management in recent years, or are there any in trials or development now? Epidural spinal cord stimulation or dorsal root uh, stimulation is a modality that's emerging over recent years. Uh, historically, these modalities were only indicated in patients who, who had persistent lumbar spinal pain and leg pain following previous surgery. But there's been studies done, particularly in the UK, of native backs, i.e. patients with who have never had spinal surgery. And in a multidisciplinary centre there who does a high volume of stimulation, they have been getting some quite good results in putting stimulators in patients rather than them going to the expense and the morbidity and mortality associated with actual uh, open surgery. So when should a GP refer? In the setting of acute lumbar spinal pain, in the absence of any concerns with regards to red flag conditions, my advice would be that primary physicians, whether that be in emergency departments or, or in general practice, should be referring their patients early to physical therapists who understand pain well in the setting of chronic lumbar spinal pain, assuming that they have already seen a physical therapist. If there is concerns with regards to radicular pain, radiculopathy, MRI scanning and early referral to a surgeon for assessment regarding their suitability for surgery, uh, plus or minus considering an epidural steroid injection before that or as part of that surgeon's management would be the way to manage them. And for lumbar spinal pain and locally referred pain, if they've been adequately educated, spent time with a physical therapist, but still struggling, I would suggest early referral to a, to a local pain specialist. And what role does the GP play in the management of the condition? Well, the GP being the primary carer for a patient, I mean, First of all, ideally, they're the, they're the clinician involved in the initial assessment of the patient with the onset of the condition. But it may be that the patient's presented to an emergency department. Either way, if they have presented to an emergency department, I would hope that that patient then returns to their GP shortly afterwards uh, for early management. Early on, the GP ideally could be the coordinator of a multidisciplinary team around that patient. Liam, thank you for your time here today in the PodMD studio. To sum up for us, could you please identify the three key take-home messages from today's podcast on low back pain? We, we all understand the importance of ruling out red flag conditions, and that should be done initially. So that would be the first take-home message because it's imp- inherent on all of us. Whilst it's infrequent, we need to rule that out. If someone doesn't have risk factors for red flag conditions, the second take-home message from my perspective would be to emphasise the importance of education and reassurance. Understanding that that takes time, but it's very important. Uh, Time well spent early on. The third message would relate to 
emphasis of management towards self-management strategies rather than medication and interventions. Historically, medication interventions have been the focus early on, but I would be encouraging clinicians to try and emphasize self-management strategies guided by appropriately trained allied health professionals uh, with reinforcement and support by medical professionals. Thanks again for your time and the insights you've provided. Uh, Thanks for having me. 